Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 222 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 Corinthians chapter 9 today, and our focus is on Paul's evangelism method, slavery evangelism. What does that mean? Well, we'll find out in a minute. So every day we go through the Word of God, and we read it, we listen to it, we think about it, and we seek to obey it. That's our goal. I want to welcome new listeners in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, Guatemala City, Guatemala, Auckland, New Zealand, Bacolod, Philippines, Utrecht, Netherlands, Parts Unknown, France and Russia, Monterey, California, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Houston, Texas, Tampa, Florida, Montgomery, Alabama, and Lima, Ohio. Thank you all for listening. We want to invite you to share the show with your friends and neighbors by uh, checking out our website, Bible2021.com. That is the easiest way to subscribe and share the show on social media. You can contact us that there by uh, leaving a message, and you can also check out show notes, transcripts of each episodes, and more. So probably one of my very favorite stories in all of church history is the true story of David Nitschman and Johann Dobert. In 1727, there was a diverse community of Christians who lived in a place called Moravia in Bohemia under the leadership of a mighty man of God in prayer named Nicholas Zinzendorf. Now, this group was made up of many religious refugees from all over Europe and maybe even beyond, many of whom fled their countries to escape persecution. Now, on August 13th of that year, 1727, 24 men and 24 women from that community came together and made made a pact to pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week, one hour at a time, with each of them taking shifts, and thus began a prayer meeting that continued uninterrupted and unabated for not just a few days or a few weeks or a few months or a few years, but literally this was an uninterrupted, over 100-year-long prayer meeting. Now, five years after this house of prayer and 24-7 prayer was started, Johann Dober and David Nitschman, who were two members of the Moravian community, were stirred by Count Zinzendorf and the testimony of a black man named Ulrich, who had seen slaves in the West Indies without Jesus. They were stirred, Dober and Nitschman, to sell themselves into slavery to carry the gospel to the plantations on those islands in the West Indies around America. Ultimately, the Moravians, beginning with Dober and Nitschman, baptized over 13,000 converts in these islands before any other Christian missionaries showed up. By 1742, the community had sent out 70 missionaries to five continents out of a community of 600 people. Now, why did Nitschman and Dobert decide to sell themselves into slavery to reach these people? And the answer is because the owners of the slave uh, plantations would not allow any sort of missionaries to come preach the gospel to the slaves that were there. So the only way to get the word of God to them was to themselves be slaves, so they sold themselves into slavery. They boarded a boat to head off from Europe and share the gospel with those slaves, thinking they might not ever see their family and friends again. And it is said that as their ship pulled away from the docks and their families, one of the men raised his hands and called out to the loved ones on the shore, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. 
So these two young missionaries were literally embodying what the Apostle Paul taught about missions and evangelism in our chapter today. 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23, Paul says, Although I am free from all and not anyone's slave, I've made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. To the Jews I became like a Jew, to win Jews, to those under the law like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, to win those under the law. To those who are without the law, like one without the law, though I am not without God's law, but under the law of Christ, to win those without the law. To the weak I became weak in order to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that I may, by every possible means, save some. Now I do this all because of the gospel, so that I may share in the blessings. This is one of the most powerful evangelism passages in the entire Bible. And Paul's method of reaching people with the good news of Jesus was all about serving them, about becoming like them, living like them, and being as flexible as possible. Now, to be clear, he did not do this in a compromising way or a sinful way, but he was willing to cast his preferences and well-being aside to reach people with the gospel, which made him one of the greatest messengers of Jesus in history. Now, we have to realize here that Paul's strategy is all-consuming to live like this. How can we do something like that? Also, how can we be all things to all people without compromising the truth and compromising ourselves? Well, I love what pastor and author John Piper has to say about both of these questions. You might say when you hear Paul talking about becoming all things to all people, that sure sounds pretty involved, but you know, life is involved. This is the sort of careful thinking you must do if you are going to take the risks involved in adapting to all kinds of people so that you might save some. As soon as you say, I have made myself slave to all, like Paul did in verse 19, and I have become all things to all people, like Paul said in verse 23, you are on the brink of idolatry and compromise in worldliness and sin. You're walking the razor's edge between fruitless separatism and unprincipled expediency. If you fall one way, you are no use because you have no connection with the world. And if you fall the other way, you are of no use to God because you are just like the world. So how do we keep our faith and freedom and our radical zeal to win people and not just be worldly and copy people? The answer is that you do what Paul did. You think about your relationship to the law of God. And what Pastor Piper says is you come to three things. Number one, as a Christian, I'm not under the Old Testament law, says verse 20. That is, I'm not bound to earn my salvation by the law, nor am I bound to live by the ceremonial dietary separation laws of the Old Testament. For example, things like circumcision, holy days, uh, don't eat ham or catfish, don't wear mixed fibers, don't eat meat offered to idols, etc. I'm free to go to the home of an animist and humanist and eat whatever they put before me in order to win them for Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 27. Number two, says Piper, as a Christian, I am nevertheless not without God's law, says verse 21. In 1 Corinthians 7, 19, Paul says, circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but what matters is the keeping of the commandments of God. That's a remarkable verse. It says that circumcision, which was a commandment of God in the Old Testament, is negligible for Christians, but the commandments of God are not negligible. This is why we distinguish between the ceremonial law and the the moral law in the Old Testament. As Christians, we submit to the moral law of God. 
We are not without the law of God, as Paul says. Number three, the law of God is defined for us in verse 21 as the law of Christ. We are under the law of Christ. That's the law of love. In Galatians 6, 2, Paul says, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is the law that fulfills all laws. Galatians 5.14, for instance, says, the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is called in James 2.8, the royal law and the law of liberty. It's the law that free people submit to gladly because they are led by the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul means when he says in Galatians 5.18, if we are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Instead, you bear the fruit of love and so submit gladly to the law of Christ, the law of love. So friends, when we see what Paul is doing, we see we need to carefully imitate what Paul is doing and how he's doing. If we go one way, we could become worldly. If we go the other way, we could be sealed off from the world. And so this is what Paul says. He says, I will obey the law of Christ and I will become all things to all people. In fact, I will make myself their slave so that by all possible means, I might win them to the Lord with the good news of Jesus. What a testimony and a challenge for us. Let's read our whole passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1, the Christian Standard Bible. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I'm not an apostle to others, at least I am to you, because you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Don't we have the right to eat and drink? Don't we have the right to be accompanied by a believing wife like the other apostles, the Lord's brothers and Cephas? Or do only Barnabas and I have no right to refrain from working? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its fruit? Or who shepherds a flock and does not drink the milk from the flock? Am I saying this from a human perspective? Doesn't the law say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it treads out grain. Is God really concerned about oxen? Isn't he really saying it for our sake? Yes, this is written for our sake, because he who plows ought to plow in hope, and he who threshes should thresh in hope of sharing the crop. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it too much if we reap material benefits from you? If others have this right to receive benefits from you, don't we even more? Nevertheless, we've not made use of this right. Instead, we endure everything so that we will not hinder the gospel of Christ. Don't you know that those who perform the temple services eat the food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar, share in the offerings of the altar in the same way. The Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should earn their living by the gospel. For my part, I have used none of these rights, nor have I written these things that they may be applied in my case, for it would be better for me to die than for anyone to deprive me of my boast. For if I preach the gospel, I have no reason to boast because I am compelled to preach, and woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward, but if unwillingly, I am entrusted with a commission." What then is my reward? To preach the gospel and offer it free of charge and not make full use of my rights in the gospel. Although I am free from all and not anyone's slave, I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people. To the Jews I became like a Jew to win Jews, to those under the law like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law to win those under the law. To those who are without the law like one without the law, although I am not without God's law, but under the law of Christ 
to win those without the law. To the weak, I became weak in order to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that I may by every possible means save some. Now I do all this because of the gospel so that I may share in the blessings. Don't you know that the runners in a stadium all race but only one receives the prize? run in such a way to win the prize. Now, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. So I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified." Amen. Well, friends, let's close out with our Bible passage for the month of August. We read it every day so that we can memorize it. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Amen. Thank you, God, that you loved us. Well, good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.